why am I trying to be a superstar in someone else's show when I have something just sitting on the back burner that I can now project and, and push forward with? And that was the sort of like turning point where that's when I decided to create a website. That's when I started to make sure that my social media messaging had a call to action. So for example, it would be like, I'm working at this practice today, appointments available, call this number. Hello and welcome back to series four of the Smile Revolution podcast. I'm Victoria Wilson, a dental therapist. This podcast is created for you, the dental profession, all around the world to inspire you in your career through the content shared by the wonderful interviewees. On today's podcast recording, I speak to the wonderful Anna Middleton, dental hygienist, otherwise known as London Hygienist. On today's show, Anna speaks at length about building her brand, London Hygienist, as well as sharing various tips along the way for you, the listeners. I had so much fun recording this podcast. Through listening to our conversation today, I hope you learn, gain inspiration and ideas for furthering your career path now, supporting oral health promotion to achieve oral health for all. Throughout this series, we will continue to share content on how to open doors of opportunity. And in support of this, it's now my time to share everything I have learned in running the Smile Revolution with you. And I've released a five-week course entitled Launching an Oral Health Promotional Project and Business. So join me and launch your own oral health promotional project too. The link to my course can be found on the website. If you felt the strain of the last months as I have and are searching for some dedicated you time, supporting your well-being as a dental professional in the comfort of your own home, you can now join me for Smile Revolution Yoga, running online every week. Details on the website. Anna, welcome on to the Smile Revolution podcast. Thank you very much for having me on. Well, thank you for coming on to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on here. I think Anna and myself connected actually through a mutual friend of ours, Beverly, via Instagram a long time ago. And then we happened to be at, was it the dentistry show? And then we connected at a party. <laughs> I think we were, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was at one of the shows. There was a party afterwards and they were both together and we had a photo together, which we then obviously were able to send on. So that was oh, so lovely. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it was, was it the Enlightened? I'm not sure if it was the Enlightened party, but yeah. It was the Dental, no, Dental Circle party. Denti, dental Circle, you're right, yeah. And that was, I can't think, how many years ago now? number of years I ago. I want to say three, maybe. Maybe. After... Three, it was definitely in Birmingham. Yeah, it definitely was in Birmingham. You're right. So I want to say three to four. Three to four. Yeah, I'd agree. And um, then we continued to reconnect through Phillips and various different socials. And then we did some work regarding um, going into schools to do a school collaboration, which was so much fun. And... I've just, you've always been in the limelight 
there and are busy working away and being super on social media and you have such an incredible following now which is so inspirational for me to observe and having known you as well for this time to see you grow and now you're doing therapy at Essex so which I have you to thank for for pushing me and asking me (laughs) to consider to consider studying again and obviously through that conversation that's why I then went on to do it so you've always been um there to help and mentor me through my journey Oh, in the past and obviously to continue into the future as well. (laughs) Well, I'm sure we'll always stay connected. But this podcast today is about you, Anna, to find out more about your career path for others to learn from and to gain an insight into how you are, where you are today and what steps you've taken along the way to get to where you are. So firstly, I'd like to say that something that's intriguing is that frequently we leave dental school and we go and find a job in a practice working as a hygienist or a dental therapist and we start to integrate within the work environment through that traditional path. But you, however, you did focus on creating a brand. So when did this start and why did you think about creating a a brand from the beginning? So I went to uni the year that direct access um, came into play. So 2013, May was when direct access came into action. And I was then in uni in September. And I'll hold my hands up and be honest that actually during the application process, I didn't I didn't know about direct access. And it was one of the questions at my interview. Um so I quickly like sort of went away, read up all about it. And then as the sort of course started and things progressed and, you know, I was thinking about my future when I left, you know, I sort of was thinking, well, direct access is going to be, you know, it's going to be a thing one day. Um, how could I then sort of utilize that? Now, I'll be honest, my original plan was to qualify, work four days a week on Harley Street, get paid like 50 pounds an hour. And and that was like the sort of the goal and the dream. And I didn't have any sort of higher expectations. Um, While the cogs were sort of ticking while at uni um, and around the sort of idea of direct access, that's when I started to think, well, how would someone find me if they wanted to have their teeth cleaned? Like what, you know, what would they do? What steps would they take? And I thought, well, no one's obviously going to Google Anna Middleton and and that just like pop up as a hygiene service. So I thought I'll sit down and do some market research. So I literally just Googled London hygienist and nothing came up. So I had a quick look and checked. No one had the .com or the .co.uk. So I bought both of those and just held them. And again, so, you know, sort of social media was... Um, obviously being utilized, but something like Instagram was still in its sort of like baby, baby days of professionals using it as a platform. Um, And then while I was studying, I worked on the weekends and that's when I met Rona Iskander, um, you know, well-known dentist who is not just only, you know, a very good friend of mine, but obviously my colleague and, and, and business partner as well. And Rona was using social media as well. So we both sort of started using it as a way to engage with the public and sort of create fun posts and sort of showing before and afters, myth busting. So that was sort of just the early 
early stages of it, but for a long period of time after qualifying, I actually wasn't fully utilizing, um, like I wasn't actively thinking about building a brand. All I was thinking about was obviously qualifying and then getting a job. Sure. There's a, you know, this is the sort of just like how it, how the, the birth created. And that was in the, in the sense that there was no one out there with that name. So I just captured that. Yeah. So just starting with an idea and, and running with it to think, you know, this could be something and it certainly has a place within direct access. And I think more and more colleagues now, I see it more and more, are creating their own brand. Maybe it's just with simply that utilising their name or what they're doing. And it's so interesting because it it is in the latter years that this has started to evolve for dental hygienists and dental therapists. So what was your next step in building the London Hygienist? So that, going back to exactly what you said about people using their sort of like name, and that was kind of the reason why I created London Hygienist, because so many people practice via their name. So doctor, whatever, you know, so-and-so, or the practice name. So, you know, whatever blah blah practice yeah um but no one had really sort of like fully defined or branded themselves and no one had obviously branded hygiene um so I qualified and I started working in a mixture of private practices and NHS practices and unfortunately that just just was never really sort of getting where I wanted to be I wasn't you know finding my feet I wasn't getting comfortable there's only one practice that I started in that I'm still with now but there was a lot of you know chopping and changing and it eventually got to a point where I was like why am I trying to be a superstar in someone else's show when I have something just sitting on the back burner that I can now project and and push forward with and that was the sort of like turning point where that's when I decided to create a website that's when I started to make sure that my social media messaging had a call to action so for example it would be like I'm working at this practice today appointments available call this number so then you're creating you know sort of like a a stream or or asking questions so be like where's everyone else working today you know um and then I I did a job for example in Wimbledon and I was working at a practice it was like a sort of part-time maternity cover but they were happy for me to you know generate sort of direct access leads because the diaries were a bit patchy so over the Wimbledon tennis um sort of season we did some like offers and really like sort of you know curated content to match up with that so it's always about being timely with what I was trying to do and again around say Christmas time you would you know maybe make some like offers or you know a a discount for new year patients and, and clean so just was always thinking about that in the back of my head about gaining more traction and business. Yeah. So instead of like, if you're within a practice setting, you're thinking collectively over, okay, what could we utilise during this time? Maybe it is Wimbledon, for instance, um, as a practice, but you were thinking more of what you're doing and building your brand, I guess, and then taking that to the practice. So maybe leading on it. Is that right? Yeah. So eventually I had to sort of do all the hard work myself initially to then prove my worth and and the sort of, um, you know, the value of what I was doing and what I'd created, because it's all very well to sort of say, oh, um, 
you know, I've got an idea, I want to do this, but there's something that's much more valuable if you say, oh, this is what I've done over the last sort of three months. How do you feel about this? Are you happy for this to, you know, sort of carry on and develop? Because obviously I don't have my own practice. I have to be very mindful that, you know, I don't run the show, but, you know, deep down, obviously the whole point of doing all of this was to keep progressing, you know, my brand and business further to then eventually one day be in a better position that I, I can, you know, grow that even more. Sure. So if anything as well, I'm just thinking of it, Anna, you know, a lot of us hygienists or therapists maybe think, okay, I want to maybe have my own clinic or maybe I want to start renting a room um, um, within a, within a clinical, within a clinic setting. Um, yeah, that's, for, for me, has always been quite an overwhelming idea or maybe I had aspired to it or it had gone, you know, it was on my radar at some point. However, in what you're doing, for me and my understanding as well, it sits in my mind to be more logical in the more, you know, smallest steps to build and grow, to have that confidence that you can possibly maybe build that patient database to then, I don't know if you will, but in the future, if you wanted to then rent a room in a clinic or build your own practice, would you, what would your um, spin-off on that be? So exactly that. So I'm in a, in a, you know, when I qualified and obviously was starting to work, there is absolutely no way that I was going to be able to just open up my own practice. You know, um, that would have been extremely ambitious, but also completely, you know, non-viable. You just sure. do some simple maths, completely just not <laughs> worth it. But I'm in a fantastic position where I run my business out of two clinics. I have zero overheads and I have made profit year in year out okay obviously this year could be different but that's given you know the sort of circumstances of the times but every what I had the the sort of safety net of was that I was still treating the patients of the practice which I still do now but then I was also bringing in my own leads and a couple of the places that I was working in had really thin diaries and, you know, they wanted, they needed more patients. So I never had the luxury of stepping in to a practice and taking on someone's book. So I've always been the new girl and I've always had to like sort of build my, my book up. Um, and this was like a really fantastic way of doing this. And over time now, I obviously see a mixture. I still see the patients of the practice, but now because the sort of traction that I've managed to gain with London Hygienist, it means that my diary is a little bit more um, kept clear and in favour of, of like giving the new patients that are, you know, sort of mine to me. And then we have other hygienists say within the team who would then take on any other new patients. So we're growing as a practice anyway, at one of my places. And then where I work with Rona, I'm the only hygienist. So obviously I look after all of her patients, but I'm fully supported by bringing my own in as well. Yeah. So it's a, it's a perfect trade-off. And like you say, anyone who's starting to want a little bit more for themselves, but isn't necessarily in a position to just inject, you know, a large sum of cash, time, energy, and emotions into opening a place. This is a really, you know, fantastic way. You've got the security of your job, but you also have your own little like baby that that's yours. And in the future, of course, the whole idea now is that I'm growing this brand awareness. I'm growing my patient base to either a open my own clinic one day, or b 
it no longer is Anna Middleton, London hygienist. It's London hygienist, meet the team. And there's a whole, you know, sort of ability to expand and share that, you know, that sort of pie with other people. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just, yeah, it's so interesting from how things have evolved over the years and the opportunities that you've essentially and others are creating for ourselves when when I qualified, I would never have thought of of building my own brand. I was always interested in creating awareness throughout the team and maybe mulling things over with the team and going out and maybe stepping out of the practice to do a project from the team. But to build it on your own is, yes, it's very empowering um, how, you know, I also see it for hygienists and therapists, maybe at that point in their career like you've just said maybe you just want a bit more it's something viable you can do it so what if been- you don't necessarily have to do it in in the in the sense of you know um creating patient leads that could just be say extending your role within the practice to say saying well I'd like to manage the social media or I'd like to create content so you're having more of an active role within your your sort of practice and like you say within the team as well yeah yeah absolutely and I just want to tap into this bit Anna <laughs> you, we've we've had this conversation in the past and I know you're quite open about it but you spoke about jacking everything in at one point yeah six <laughs> yeah. months six months after qualifying um and this is why I sort of like forgot all about London hygienists. You know, I put all my time and energy into qualifying. You know, my second year was head down, head in the books. Yeah. Um, you know, failure wasn't an option. Blood, sweat, tears. You know, I had no, I was studying. I was working the weekends. I was, you know, I didn't have any support from, you know, like family. I, and living in London, obviously, is, you know, quite expensive as well. So sure. everything just went into qualifying. Then I qualified. Um, the summer was quite slow. You know, you're waiting for your sort of like, you know qualifications come through yeah. and then I started working and I hated every minute of it I was like this is not this is not the uh, emerald city that I thought I was about to get to you know I'd, I'd gone through everything else and then um I hit a massive wall and I went to Thailand with some friends and at one point thought about just not even coming back. I'd gone for three weeks oh, and just God. thought, should I just stay here? Um, and, it, and it was, you know what it was at that time as well, what I realised is I had all my ducks like swimming around the pond, you know. I, I wanted to leave the place I was living in, you know, it was a small single bedroom that was fine for a student, but not for, you know, 30, well, well it was nearly 30, you know, that's like sort of time to upgrade. And then on top of that, I just couldn't fit in or settle in anywhere. I, it was a real sort of eye awakening that when I went to work at certain practices, how um, poorly supported like hygienists were, but not just that, how like poorly managed patients were and you know I'm not pointing any fingers um but as you know a newly qualified person that was a seriously difficult like learning curve you know turning up not having enough time not having the the sort of uh, instruments not having the you know the support from the dentist and it got to a point where I was exhausted as well you know you're trying to desperately find a job and on the back of trying to find a job I was doing all the locuming like sort of jobs I could do which again is another fantastic way to see some practices and meet some mm. people 
But it just, you know, and then I, I worked for someone who, you know, didn't treat me very, very well. And that really knocked my confidence even more. And it was just, you know, being chipped away out every day and like sort of kicking someone when they're already down um, has a massive like sort of knock on effect, both mentally and physically. And it just all sort of came to a big, big head. And actually, you know, it's good that sometimes these things do happen because it really shapes you to the core. And I don't want to, you know, use a cliche, but you do have this thing where all of a sudden you will rise like a phoenix because you have to just burn everything down around you, you know, rip it all up and start again. And that's at that sort of point when I decided to, I was like, right, it's time to make London hygiene as a thing, get settled in just like two jobs, you know, narrow it down, hone in, and then every single, in fact, I quit one job, which that one day a week uh, for the month was paying my rent. But you know what? I, I believed in myself and I backed myself and I was like, I'm going to quit that day because I need time to work like sort of smarter and not harder. And the fact that I was doing this really super long day Good point. Yeah. wasn't helping. And then, I, you know, I thought I'm not, I'm, yes, I was worried about the money and things, but all of a sudden, because I just cleared that space of stuff that wasn't serving me and put a bit of time, energy and the little resources I had, all of a sudden, I look back now and I was like, how did I, why did I stick that out so long? You know, I was making, you know, say a year on from that, I was making more money in fewer days than I was when I was, you know, working all hours under the sun. But I think it's so interesting, especially for newly qualifiers, what you've just shared, because this can happen. Um, And even more reason, like you said, something maybe, it has to take something for you to step up and do something a bit more to overcome maybe the situation you're in or what you're struggling with. And the fact for listeners is, I'm sure we've all been there in some capacity. You can rise above it and you can move on in some way. So can I ask you some something else, I think, that maybe <laughs> is a question in so many people's minds, and I know I am guilty of procrastination, But frequently, this procrastination comes with not knowing where to start. So for any listeners that maybe think that, you know what, listening to Anna now, I think I need to start my own brand. What would you say is the first place to start? I think being able to sort of sit down and and firstly, just to back up a second, I am the queen of procrastination at times, you know, I do a lot of it and (laughs) we are all guilty, you know, yeah. And also sometimes to just sort of sit and not do anything helps to quieten the noise so you can think more clearly and, and feel, um, I would say, and this was, you know, I've had to sort of develop and evolve over the years as well, because I sort of went in all guns blazing and not really any clear direction of what I was doing. And I've done a lot of trial and error. So, you know, advice I would sort of say, give my my younger self and to people now is to sort of sit down and think about what is it that you're like passionate about and interested in within dentistry. So as you'll see, some of the, the, the branded hygienists and therapists that are coming through the ranks now will have like a niche that they're passionate about. So for example, Nina, is you know very holistic and likes um to focus in on that Lottie with her eco um like sort of products and approach to things so it's sort of honing in do you like writing do you like um researching like do you want more patience or do you just want to have a little bit more responsibility at work so you need to sort of identify that 
And then you need to sort of sit down and look at if you're going to give yourself a name, do your research, you know, has someone already got that name or look um, at the business around you in that area. Think about things like your color palette, your, you know, it's you're creating not just a brand, but it's a story as well. Sure. And with something like, you know, the brand is is not for you, it's for your audience. Um and how you want to, you know, be uh, perceived. So, you know, I sort of looked at other, you could, like, let's take, let's say, for example, makeup, for example, and we look at how certain products uh, are designed. So things with like bright, poppy colors would be sort of perhaps there to engage with a younger audience. You know, they want that, they've got a little bit of money and they, they want to use it on, you know, cool, nice, bright things. Then you look at something like, say, a more higher end brand. It could often be a lot more simplistic, less packaging, less design. You know, it's, it's about, there's a lot of science around colors, fonts, things like that. And I think, honing in on like how you want to be like sort of perceived is the sort of like starting point so often like I'll not not necessarily with the business but just actually no with the business as well um I recently redid the website but to do that I created a mood board so I looked at other things that I liked I looked at the color palettes I looked at different font I looked at sort of what resonated like with myself and my branding and what other brands perhaps have 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 done that and mm. um it's it's a really good way to just just sit down and brainstorm like yeah. dump it all onto a piece of paper get the coloring pens back out you know but I cut magazines up and make collages I love it <laughs> <laughs> um, it's part of the creative process you know I've got a mood board of other dental practices like surgeries that I like the look of and like even things like interior design and obviously I don't have my own practice but looking at that visually helps to then create the sort of like the story and and the sort of evolution of it because I think you know dentistry and the industry is massively changing you know there there is it's not this like clinical white room anymore it has personality and if you look at some of the amazing dental practices out there and their, their branding and their designs there's a phenomenal amount of thought that goes into it. Of course, yeah, yeah. No, it's so true. I couldn't agree more. Oh, so many helpful tips there, Anna. Thank you so much. And um, one thing I just wanted to ask you, you spoke about story. You've got to know your story. What is your story for London Hygienin? (laughs) So... This is the, this is where something called the golden circle comes into play. And um, that is knowing your... excuse me, your who, your who, what, when, like why and how. And that sort of forms the body of um, you and your brand. So for London Hygienist, it starts with the fact that I believe everyone should be in love with their smile. You know, a healthy, happy smile makes you feel good, look good and essentially live longer. Um, but I'm also very aware of the fact that one bad experience can put you off for life. So then my offering is that my treatment to my patients is not only guided by their physical needs but their emotional needs and the way I do that is by obviously listening and letting the appointment be guided by them but also using the latest sort of equipment and technology to deliver a a, you know a a lifetime solution of pain-free and fear-free dentistry Mm -hmm. and that is how 
my sort of brand grew and evolved. You know, so many people were saying, oh, I hate going to the hygienist. All the last hygienist was a butcher. Or are you going to hurt oh, me? Is I've it going to bleed? You know, all those things. So often. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and I have a background in the service industry as well, in the sense that I've worked in many bars and restaurants from the age of 13. So, you know, the sort of the customer is always right principle then applied. And I just thought, why don't we start practicing with emotional intelligence and not just, you know, RIQ and just listen a little bit more and tailor each appointment accordingly. Mm. Yeah. And that is how, that is my story. That is my, my company's sort of ethos and mission statement. Oh, well, thank you so much, Anna, for sharing. <laughs> so listeners, what is your story? <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. And, you know, as well, it's so interesting. Everybody goes around building a brand in different ways, but I certainly think you've given such a wonderful insight, Anna, from what you've done and for others that want to start where to start and what yeah. the elements are to build on this brand and where to go, whatever pathway you take. We all come back to having these core elements that feed our brand. And I guess ultimately within dentistry, it's always with a focus for the public's oral health. And how can we support that? So, Anna, can I also ask you, you're really, I think you're rated very high up on a Google search for a London hygienist. Is it number one in Google? If you're yeah, looking for a hygienist I think it's pretty in high for, for in London, if you were to search London hygienist or hygienist London, um, yeah, I rank high on on the old Google listings for that. Um, that is, and again, that's really yeah, important. it's just something that's take yeah, it's important, um, and it's taken time, um, and it does obviously help. But that's because you know I chose a name sure. that people were going to search, but then that doesn't mean to say that if you chose a different name that you can't grow a, a rating and, and, you know, be found and listed. So sure. that all then sort of comes with um, your search engine optimization and um, like the content that you create. Um, and that's how like rankings are then sort of uh, developed and, and come into play. What advice would you give to people also thinking about this? Because this is a core element for any business. Where, where, where to start? So um, obviously having a website, um, firstly, and, you know, that's not something you necessarily have to, you know, spend a lot of money on. My first website was a WordPress website, which is like a sort of bl a free blogging site. And it was perfect. It was a call to action. I uploaded blogs mm. and then there was like a contact page. So then people would know how to contact you. And content is key. So the more content you create, the more um, like sort of Google will will find that. Mm. So when it comes to creating content, create content around what people would Google. So how to brush your teeth or, um, uh, you know, dare I say it, how to whiten your teeth at home. But obviously, because then you have an opportunity to create meaningful, correct content. Correct so, content, yeah. you know, creating content around what people would be searching for is one way to, to sort of start generating that. Then secondly, doing things like collaborating with other 
people or other websites and getting a link back. So let's say, for example, I wrote a blog for your website. You would put, you know, Anna Middleton, London Hygienist and hyperlink it. So it's that something called backlinks. And the more backlinks you have, the better that helps your ranking. But the, the content thing is key and that you need to sort of aim for about 500 words when, you, when you're writing blogs. Um, in terms of business as well, um, if you Google London Hygienist, I come up in the Google business box. So say you were like searching for a Chinese takeaway in your area, you know, at the, at the top part, it will come up and all the sort of names. And then you see the star rankings, where they are on the map and their opening times. So if you create a Google business profile, that obviously then comes up as well. So if I don't necessarily say rank for teeth whitening if you look on businesses like in your area in the google box then perhaps somewhere in there while you may not be the first website mm. you could be you'll be within the, the the box bit and then obviously again once that business profile is complete you know you have pictures of the practice you may have pictures of yourself some before and afters but what you'll also do is get reviews from people sure. because obviously google reviews Again, show patients that you're trusted, um, that you're active, because like, they can see how often those reviews have been left. Mm. And again, that all adds to the profile because the more people that click onto your website as well, the more that will then boost you. Yeah. Oh, Anna, well, thank you so much for sharing all that you have, listeners. I'm sure you are so grateful for Anna sharing what she's had because, or she's learned along her way, along her career path, because... It's all fed for you to get to the point you are at now um, for the recognition and people's awareness about what you're doing, how you've rated on Google and how you've built yourself up from point, the point where you wanted to leave dentistry potentially <laughs> or jack it in or stay in Thailand. I'm so happy you came back from Thailand. <laughs> I mean, I still think about it every now and then. <laughs> Not well, going to lie. There's always, you know, it's never, never, is it? You can always go there for a long extended holiday at some point. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and we all have difficulties within our career path at various different points, but knowing how people have spun it around and, and to get out of that, um, to move upwards and onwards and the most challenging times, I couldn't agree more. The best things come of it, something that we are all going through now. I think so many projects are evolving of collaborations. You mentioned, you touched on that, of colleagues working together during this time to see further opportunities of what we can do while we're not in the obvious of treating patients in clinic. So many elements of what you've shared I know will be helpful to so many. And thank you. Thank you for your time today in sharing all you have. But before we go, it's the Smart Revolution Fire Round. And I'm <laughs> and I'd like to ask you, where would you like to see the brand London Hygienist five years from now? I think I would like to see it at a point where there is a, you know, a hygiene only, you know, only led clinic. I'd like to start having other people come and work with London Hygienist, at, you know, as a hygienist or therapist, expand the team. Um, brand recognition to continue and um, to sort of grow the the sort of following and the influence within the industry to help, you know, make a positive change and impact for hygienists and therapists, but also for the public, you know, and continue to improve access to, you know, dental care. 
um, and then obviously um, continue to study and professionally develop as well. I couldn't agree more. That's wonderful. And yes, yeah, studying is the key to everything, isn't it? Moving <laughs> forward in so many ways. And well done you for stepping back into, into studying at Essex to do your therapy. And I look forward to interviewing you again in the future to hear where you're at at the end of your year of studying. So thank you so much, Anna, for all you've shared today with the listeners. And it's been a pleasure. It always is a pleasure talking to you. But thank you for coming on The Smile Revolution. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me and always supporting me. Always. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it, rate it and leave a review please email me on info at smile-revolution.net. I can't wait to learn how this recording has impacted you. And lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe and follow Smile Revolution on social media for more content. Please engage in the comments section. I will read all and respond to as many as possible. The podcast audio is available on all major platforms and some video content on the podcast can now be found on the Smile Revolution YouTube channel. To stay up to date on all Smile Revolution projects, subscribe to the Smile Revolution newsletter by emailing info at smile-revolution.net stating subscribe to newsletter. You can now join me for Smile Revolution Yoga, yoga dedicated to the well-being of the dental profession. Thanks so much for joining and being part of the Smile Revolution.